Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the first edition of the Blue Yorker, a New York Rangers podcast powered by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend and co-host, Cody Frankel. Cody, game three sucks. Let's just put that out there. Burn the tape. What do you think? How was your weekend? Weekend sucked again. COVID. COVID (laughs) I I feel like I'm in Star Wars. COVID strikes back. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Um, You've had COVID for a month now? Dude, basically, um, <laughs> no, nine days. Today's day nine, but mm-hmm. tomorrow's the last day, and then I will I will be good to go. So I'm uh, I'm happy to get out there in the world and and smell some flowers and see some beautiful sights of the Rangers winning. We we do owe an apology to Ryan Mead and Greg Kaplan. We didn't attend the the viewing party at the gym mill. Cody obviously has COVID, and the hungover the hangover got the best of me. Um, so I wasn't able to make it out. Instead, I just ordered a. $80 sushi platter with my friend. And we tried to tackle that before the Rangers game. And uh, we lost just as bad as the Rangers did in that battle. Too much, too much orange juice can give you a tummy ache. Yeah. I get it. So yeah, we do have to talk about game three. I agree. Burn the tape, but let's just, let's just get to it. I thought first and foremost, Nemeth was terrible. Uh, he was minus three on the night really was off. I, I don't even know what else to say about him other than, you know, I hope the Rangers can buy him out this summer. Um, what, what's your thoughts on him and, you know, before we get into some of the other players? Well, I guess on that note, too, we should mention who our guest is. because We talked about Patrick Nemeth with our guest today, Colin yes. Stevenson from Newsday. Uh, awesome great interview, interview with him. Yeah, great interview with him coming up. Um, but on that note, game three for me was I knew going into this game they'd have to weather the storm. Like everyone knows that the first home game of any series, like whether it's game three or game one, the home team is going to come out guns blazing for the most mm-hmm. part, right? Like the Rangers did it in game one. But Pittsburgh weathered that storm. They only went into intermission down one nothing. The Rangers dug themselves in too big of a hole. You can't go down four to one into a second period. Yeah, sure, they dominated and came back, but I think they emptied the tank in the second period. I mean, like like I said, if that, if that game is two to one going into the second, I think the Rangers, you know, the whole mindset is different. It's like, okay, we didn't play great, but we're in this game. Going in four one, they're like, okay, we have to climb this whole mountain to get back. And then on top of that, we got to find a way to win. So, you know, I mean, it, it is a tough thing. Like I, I thought their chances were great going into that third period, but then, you know, the one thing that's been our bread and butter all year is the power play couldn't convert. And that happens sometimes. It sucks yeah. that it happened in that game where they had all momentum on their side. All um, in one period, too. Yeah. I mean, but then again, too, like, I think we got to give credit to Alexander Georgiev. I thought he played great. I know that well, game winning. Yeah, yeah, go, go. What? Before you say that, mm-hmm. so I did want to talk about Gallant because Gallant made some very big decisions in mm-hmm. game three that basically had the weight of our win or loss in his hand. Um, you know, he decided to pull Igor after one period, which it it equates to a few things here, right? Number one, the Pittsburgh fans probably think they won the night because they ran him out of the building. Um, number two, you know, he, he clearly was off. So you could have, you could have made a reason for either let him ride it out and probably call it a loss and stay or pull him. I agree. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with, I agree with the pull. Uh, you know, I would have yanked him after the third one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he definitely didn't look. He definitely didn't look sharp. Uh, I think that bringing Georgiev, regardless of you know our thoughts on him, 
he he came in in an extremely tough position and he didn't make flashy saves like he didn't make like crazy flashy saves but he did everything right except for you know that that goal that probably shouldn't even happen in like a, a U15s game but um you know it, it it was really really tough because he had such a good night and then and then letting in that goal like just deflated the whole situation um it, it i feel like Georgiev always does something like that like you know time and time again um unfortunately but he uh, until that point i mean he was playing he's, he was the only reason we were still in the game i mean Wait, you know what really sucks for him even more he gets credit for the loss because the rangers scored four goals yeah, yeah <laughs> that it, sucks for him <laughs> yeah it's it does suck for him i thought he played really well mm-hmm. uh for 95% outside of that one one goal but even even let it, after letting in that goal he kept the rangers in it the rest of the game yeah. for the last it, 5 minutes before they pulled him like mm-hmm. the pittsburgh was in our zone for 5 straight minutes before they pulled Georgiev. we'll talk was, about that cuz i know you were pissed about gallant pulling the goalie so early yeah so that was the second big decision where gallant weighed you know the outcome in his hand and i thought it was a horrible call I thought pulling him there before, you know, a minute, 30 seconds or a minute, 40 seconds, whatever, they had to give him another minute out there because Pittsburgh dominated. They dominated us in, in our freaking zone for God knows how long. And, and then they pull him. It's like, ah, well, that's where I disagree with you though, because dude, there, there's no guarantee that the Rangers were going to possess the puck in Pittsburgh zone. You have an offensive zone face off. Doesn't matter. No, I, I I think it's a lose lose for Gallant. Like he does if he doesn't pull Georgiev, and then there's like a minute ten or a minute five left because the Rangers haven't possessed the puck when they were getting dominated by Pittsburgh. Then it's like, oh, Gallant should have pulled him sooner. You know, it's like the issue though. The issue though is you knew the second that puck dropped, they were scoring. Like they literally, dude, we were playing an actually okay third period until the last ten minutes, and it's like a flip literally switched, and the intensity. And the energy out of the team just just evaporated, and that's when they started getting dominated in, in our own zone. And you know, it's just like, yeah, I, I get they were in there for a long time, and we finally got it into their zone. We had a you know we had a offensive zone face off and so on. But one, we're not a good offensive zone face off team. Mm-hmm. So uh, going against, I think that was against Crosby. So you should have known you weren't yeah. you weren't getting that fucking draw. So it's like I, I just don't agree with the call. Like I understand why he did it. Uh, I just I just don't think you do that in a four four playoff game. Like oh, or sorry, five four playoff game mm-hmm. when there's still so much time left. That it was like, like two and a half. Dude, it was two forty four. Two forty four. Like that's a long time to pull the goalie, especially when they were playing at six x us in terms of intensity. Mm-hmm. So it was like you know it, I I get the the lose lose comparison but I just think that was the wrong call and it's such a shame because I thought he made such a good call pulling Sheshti after one yeah. that like to me it kind of takes away from from his night but I mean either way I think Igor needed to rest like it was so obvious that he was exhausted I mean the guy yeah. played he played what 10 periods in Three, four, five nights. Four and a half days. Four, four and a half, half days, days. Like ten dude, and a half periods. Yeah. And Deming only came in. Deming came in in the second overtime, so he had you know way fresher legs than, than Igor did. But then again, too, like you got to look at the power play guys, like you know Mika, Strom, Fox. Got to capitalize. We, no, but it, that, it's, 
But dude, yeah. we had three power plays in the third period. Yeah. And then on top of that, they're playing five and five pretty much, you know, one in every three shifts. Like those guys must have been exhausted also. Like they're playing dude. a lot. When you get three power plays in the third period, like you're out there a lot. And then yeah. you got to remember, too, that fucks up the entire lines because not all those guys play on the same line. So it's like, you know, then the third line and fourth line are probably playing a lot. And, and you got to make sure everyone's kind of back in that rotation. So you can just tell that, like, they didn't, ha- they didn't have that extra step in the third period simply because they, they went balls to the wall in the second period, which is great. They got back in the game, but not converting on that power play really just killed, ev- like, just killed everything. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a momentum killer. And it, it was, that was a tough one to swallow. I think that might have, I think game three for me might have been even tougher than, than our three OT loss because. I, it was, it was just like, and, and here's why, here's why mm-hmm. they, they straight up teased us. We yeah. were getting crushed uh-huh. and the game was over. The game was over in the first period. Nobody, nobody in their right minds thought we were coming back from that game. Like Bro. even <laughs> like nobody, seriously, nobody thought we were coming back to, to tie that game or here we go. No, I was going to say the amount of people I saw on Rangers Twitter posting their live bets we're coming back. We're coming back. Like the Rangers were like plus nine fifty, I think, after the first period. I saw so many people like, and and there were a couple people who were like, the season's over. This game's over. Like they suck, whatever. But the amount of people that like, if it, thank God I didn't live bet it because if I live bet it and that happened, I would have been even more crushed. Oh yeah, I, it it was just really really tough, and that's why I think it was a tougher pill to swallow than game one because they literally teased us, made an incredible comeback with our backup goalie who's not that good, mm-hmm. and. It, it, it just had all the, you know, I thought we were going to, I thought we were going to game one then where we were going to, we had the writing on the yeah. wall yep. to make it an incredible comeback win Cinderella story that game. And, and we just, you know, we just blew it on a soft goal in the third with, with eight minutes left. And it was, uh, it definitely kind of sucked the life out of me a little bit, but so that being said, do you have any final thoughts on, on the game? All I know is my heart can only handle so many more goalie interference reviews. <laughs> I, God, I mean, I actually thought that was a good goal like that. Like that was going in regardless, but ha- had they, God forbid, called off the cop goal, I would have lost my mind. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But there's a constant theme going on in these playoffs, man. There's a goalie interference call in like every single, every game. single game. And it's why, so inconsistent. Why do, think, why do you think they're being so much more critical on, on that penalty? Not to get off topic, but in the Bruins Hurricanes game today, did you watch that? That call was no. horrendous. The puck no. was underneath um, Swayman, or not Swayman? Uh, was it? Yeah, Swayman was Bruins yeah. goalie. Yeah, it was underneath Swayman. No wait, the or call Ronta? was Bruins underneath Ronta. Sorry, yeah. underneath Ronta, and I forgot which Bruin it was, but he comes around the net and and like whacks at the puck while it's underneath Ronta's pads, and the puck then becomes loose, and the Bruins put it in, and they called that a good goal. Like you, you clearly could not see the puck. Oh, angle, it was covered. It, like I, it's, it's it's blowing my mind how yeah. inconsistent these goalie interference calls are being made. Like I I, I have no idea what this rule is anymore. You know what's funny? Do you remember a couple months ago when I I said the one rule we should get rid of in hockey is the goalie interference rule and and just completely define it? Remember? Well, it was, yes. I, I, I like yeah, go. it's it's just an undefined rule and it's yeah. and it's bullshit. Like they need. Well, what would you do, need, dude? I would. I don't even know what I would do, but like if, if a guy, okay, this is what I would do. If a player skates are turned out and they get pushed into the goalie and well, that's, and, you're just talking silly about no, Kaka. no, no, no. I, I will give you, that's true. But, <laughs> so, so if there, if your name is Capo Kako yeah. and your skates, Every are turned out, <laughs> but, um, but no, I think if your skates are turned out and you're clearly trying to avoid contact of any goalie, that should be a goal, whether you're pushed, whether, you know, like whatever. And then another one is um, if 
I, I guess it would be in what, in reference to like the net being moved after like, right. As the goals go, like what, what was the, uh, what was, was the like call today? The, the pucks going in the call today was the puck yeah. was under, underneath around his pets. Are did you saying end, the call, the call did it end up game? going in? Did it end up going in? Yeah. They poked it loose. While it was underneath Ranta's pads, like you could not even see. That's a goal. Like that's a goal. Oh, you think that's a goal? I think that's no goal. <laughs> even us, we're, it, you couldn't it was, see the puck. The goalie had it covered. How how long till they blew the whistle? I mean, if they're blowing the whistle right away, I think that's. A I, goal. Don't like, that's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the whistle think, was blown or not. I think if he fully has like possession of the puck, like whatever, and it's like there should be like a here's the rule. There should be a two second rule. Okay, if they have the puck for two seconds, two full seconds, done. Plays then, dead. Then plays dead. But if, it, if the puck's there and you blow the whistle right away and it's still not like covered and they poke it in, that's a fucking goal. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's a fucking goal. And it drives me nuts. Like, this this rule drives me absolutely nuts. But also in the Avs-Preds game, uh, one guy gets, like, pushed into the Predators goalie. I think it was Ingram and Net. And, they like, Ingram's also out of the crease, and they called it a good goal. So I think if the goalie's out of the crease, anything should be up for, if, up for if, Yeah, dude, if the goalie's out of the crease, it's fucking fair game. Like, like honestly, Igor got, got laid out by Jeff Carter, and, like, I that fucking... Was, that was clean. That, that was should a, be a rule. That was clean. Like, you should be able to hit the goalie if he's out of the crease. That was... That was <laughs> do you remember that goalie? Who was it? Who would just truck people? Um, oh, yeah, that was... Aaron Dell? Was that Aaron Dell? That was on Dell, the Sharks? yeah, good call. He would just, he yeah. would just truck people. That was awesome. Oh, man. I love that. That was good. Yeah, yeah that was Aaron Dell. But yeah, this goalie interference thing, man, like it feels like every game there's going to be something. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's it's getting really annoying and they got to figure it out in the offseason. I, I agree. I'm right there with you. But uh, yeah, that's that's my final thoughts. Let's yeah. uh, kick yeah. it over to Colin. Yeah, that's all I've got. We're going to preview game four after the interview with Colin. So stick around and listen to that. Um, but other than that, enjoy this interview. This week, we're very happy to welcome on as our special guest and a new friend of the show, a guy who covers the Rangers for Newsday Sports. We're big fans of his work, and we're so happy he's here to break down games one through three and preview game four with us. So welcome to the show, Colin Stevenson. Colin, how's it going? Oh, it's, it's going well. I mean, I, I hear you guys have not had great weather this weekend, and uh, you know, you finally saw the sun in Pittsburgh today, so, so it was nice. Yeah, we should have <laughs> added that you are live in Pittsburgh right now. I should have said that in the intro, but whatever. So how is the, the whole vibe in the city of Pittsburgh? You know, I, I will say this about Pittsburgh. They love their penguins. They really do. I mean, yeah. Um, more, more probably than, than a lot of places because, you know, they don't have the NBA, let's face it. The pirates mm-hmm. are out of town and the Steelers are out of season. So, right. You know, this is, this is what you got. And I think, you know, and then the other thing too, is that uh, they've made the playoffs 16 years in a row. And I think mm-hmm. that the fans here take, take pride in that. And uh, you know, they really, they really back their team. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It was really loud in the building for game three. Uh, um, somebody was asking me if it was louder than it was in the garden for, for one and two. And, you know, I have to say, I think it was. Yeah. It, it sounded, it sounded really loud from my TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, those, those, you know, that horn is so fans, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I hate I, the Let's Go Pens horn. <laughs> no, it's no. They I, the fans really brought it last night. It was uh, you know, it was nice to see. And and you know what? The other thing too is, you know, the Rangers fans really travel. So mm-hmm. normally you go to these places, and a lot of times there's a lot of Ranger fans there. And I don't think there was quite as many there uh, last night as as I'm used to seeing on the road. So yeah. that made a difference too. Yeah, cool. And uh, before we get into some more Rangers, I I mean, I'd love to start out and. You know, how do you get into writing and, and what was it about hockey that really drew you into the sport for those who may not know? Um, well, so you should know that I'm, I'm an immigrant, right? I came mm-hmm. from the West Indies. I come from Jamaica. 
And um, we don't have ice in Jamaica. We don't have hockey there. We have field hockey, but we don't have ice hockey. But, um, but I, I, you know, I came at a time this, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my late fifties now. So I, I came um, to the States in the seventies and, you know, uh, I was, you know, I'd grown up watching soccer and um, there was soccer here. I think they had the NASL and Cosmos and all that. Um, but it wasn't a big thing. And so, um, you know, I took to hockey because I saw the similarities, you know, you have a goal at each end and, and you got to pass and, and, and things like that. And, and also I thought the skating was cool. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of how I got into hockey. And then, and, you know, I know I cover the Rangers now and, you know, but I, I, I grew up watching the Islanders quite a bit and they were winning right. Stanley Cups in those days. And it was quite, quite exciting. And, um, and so I followed the Islanders quite a bit. Uh, and then I, that's sort of, I think that was almost like a golden age for hockey in, in New York, because it mattered, you know, like the daily newspapers all covered, you know, hockey and the Islanders and the Rangers the one time when they knocked off the Islanders in 79, right. You know, and got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of media coverage. And I, I was really all, all about that. And I, and I just decided, you know, when I went to college and I started getting decent grades in my, in my writing classes and not such good grades in my computer classes, which was my major, <laughs> Uh, I decided to switch to to journalism and, and do that and see if I could be a sports writer. And that's kind of how I, I, I got there. But, you know, it was a long time ago. I mean, it's, the yeah. path to getting there now is a lot different than it was right. you know, when I did it. Did you go right. to college in the States? I did. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I moved to the States in, the, in high school. Um, uh, so I grew up in, you know, in New Jersey. And, and you know, you can obviously you don't hear a, a Jamaican accent because I you know, I kind of adopted this one over the mm-hmm. last 40 years or however long I've been here. Um, right. Well, I don't hear a New Jersey accent either. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a tricky one. That's a lot <laughs> harder to like pick up than, you know, the your basic, uh, you know, TV news accent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I speak on behalf of all Ranger fans. We're, we're happy to have you. So, um, <laughs> you know, go, going back to a little hockey here. So what has the intensity been like for these guys? Uh, you know, how's it been? really being able to cover the Rangers throughout the playoffs for the first time in five years. And, you know, what's the vibe of the locker room and so on. It's, you know what, it's really cool. Um, It's, it's really cool to watch some of these young guys play in the playoffs for the first time. And even it's been five years, right? So even the the veteran guys, even the Chris Kreider and and, uh, Mika Zibanejad, who, you know, are the two surviving guys from, or the two remaining guys, I want to say surviving, but the two remaining guys from the last playoff Rangers playoff team, it's been five years since they've played. So it's been a long time since, since they've been in it. And, um, but just to watch the, the, the young guys fascinate me, the, you know, the, the Cocos and the, and the, the Heatles and, and the Lafreniers and the, and the Keandre Millers and the Braden Schneiders, you know, those guys, um, they fascinate me because, they belong, man. I mean, like they, you know, they've never played playoff hockey before. I mean, I guess yeah. Kako and, and Heedle played in the bubble, but I don't think they really consider that to be playoff hockey. <laughs> um, so this is a first for all these guys. And, and, you know, they're, uh, they look like they belong and, and it's, it's really, really cool to watch now, you know, to, to see, you know, we don't have the access to the, to the players that we did back pre COVID. Right. And we were right. not in the locker rooms. Um, so we're, we're limited to, you know, press room setting or, uh, you know, press conference like settings, uh, to our access to these guys. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's better than when we did it on zoom because, you know, you, you can, you know, you 
you can laugh and joke, you know, I can talk to Truba about his playoff beard coming in uh, nice and, and, and stupid right. stuff like that to kind of make a connection with these guys. But, you know, we're not there every day. So I, I, I can't tell you what the locker room actually feels like, but it's easier on the road because we are around a little bit more and we do kind of see them at least walking around the locker room, even if we're not, um, you know, we're not in the room. So we'll see them in the press box and, you know, you can get a conversation with a guy and stuff. Um, but no, I think, you know, in terms of the vibe, I think they really, really were all just excited to be there. You know I mean? Like they went through this great season and, and for those, for those guys who have been here for most of the rebuild or part of the rebuild, you know, they really appreciate this now in a way that maybe they, they wouldn't have before. Like, you know, the guys that came, Andrew Kopp and, and Frank Vetrano, those guys were in the playoffs last year. So mm-hmm. it's maybe not, it doesn't mean as much to them, but, but a guy like Truba who's been here now, I guess this is what is a third year. Third year. Yeah. You know, so he's, he didn't make the playoffs and he the first, first two, you know, and, and Panarin, same thing. It means a lot more to those guys to, to kind of be here and, 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 and play at the time of year that everybody wants to play at, to be, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None, nonetheless playing in a really uh, intense series for sure. So. Yeah. And, and this was the matchup, by the way, I think that we all wanted, if you're a Ranger fan, right? <laughs> we I mean, all wanted was, it. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, not, you know, maybe not, maybe not those of us that are reporters, you know, my son goes to college in Washington. So I was kind of hoping for Washington. You know, oh yeah. Get a free trip to go see him. But, <laughs> uh, but beyond that, no, I think this was the matchup. I think most, most people thought was, was the best matchup for the Rangers just because Tristan Jarry was injured. So, you know, you knew that they were going to go with a backup goalie mm-hmm. just because, you know, they've, you know, let's face it. They lost in the first round last year to the Islanders. They lost in the preliminary round of the, the bubble. They didn't even make it to the 16-team playoff. I mean, mm-hmm. they got bounced in the in the qualifying series. And the year before that, they got swept in the first round by the Islanders. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's had the look of a team that's kind of aging. You know, right. Crosby's 34 now. He's going to be 35 in the summer. Um, you know, Crystal Tang is 35. You know, so it had, had the, the, the feel of a team that's really aging and kind of hanging on. And their goaltending was always a question. So, it kind of seemed, you know, when you looked at it beforehand that, you know, this is the matchup you want. This is the team that's, that's vulnerable and, and, and probably gives you the best chance to advance. And, you know, so far it's, it's not necessarily working out like that. Uh, Louis Domingue is, is, has stepped in and, uh, and kind of, you know, played better than I think any of us could have reasonably expected him to. Mm-hmm. And obviously the playoffs are a whole different, you know, type of animal and, Something that I kind of stressed on in the, in the regular season with Cody and on this show is that the Penguins only scored one five and five goal in four games against the Rangers. And now through three playoff games, we've seen the Penguins pretty much dominate the five and five play yeah. for the most part, at least. What do you think has been the biggest difference? I know there's been like a lot of defensive breakdowns and maybe Igor hasn't been his or wasn't his best in game three, but he was stellar in games one and two. But what do you think has changed through the course of the regular season to now? Is it just that playoff intensity? Like, like I don't understand how you know, the Penguins just look dominant right now. We're in the regular season. It was pretty much all Rangers at five and five. Well, I got two words for you, Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy he's had a fabulous series, but it's only three games old. Right. So yeah, um, it can, you know, and that's the beauty of playoff hockey. Anything can change and, and go 180 degrees at any time, but he's been great for these first three games and he's been better in these three games than he was in that four game in, in the four games in the regular season. Um, you know, he was, he was fine. He's Sidney Crosby. I mean, you know, you don't want to overlook a guy like that, but he's been really, really good. And, and uh, if you look at, you know, 
I mean, they, they didn't score a goal last night until uh, the empty netter by, by Gensel, but, right. but they had that line had five out of their first six goals. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, figuring out how to stop Sidney Crosby was, was a big problem. And, and you know, even again, I, I go back to last, last season, you know, he wasn't this good against the Islanders. Um, he, and he wasn't, uh, you know, I don't remember. I didn't, I didn't see their, their qualifying loss two years ago, but I saw the Islanders playoff in 2019 and he, he wasn't nearly this good either. So mm-hmm. he's, he's playing some great hockey right now. Um, probably uh, better than he's, he's played, you know, at least in the last couple of playoffs at, at, at least. So I think that's the, the biggest thing. And then, um, you know, I, I think that they've gotten better goaltending than, than we've expected. You know I mean? Right. Like the Smith, you know, went in there and, you know, listen, I, I don't have the, you know, if you, if you know, I mean, I was on some of, you know, Andrew Gross's Islanders podcasts uh, last year and, and, you know, people who listen to that know that I don't have the highest opinion of Tristan Jarry to start with. I will say that he had a great season this year. Um, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have much of a, a, a great opinion of him last year. I didn't think he was good enough and he certainly wasn't, but he had a great season this year. And then he got hurt. So, you know, I mean, you don't expect that the backup goalie is going to beat you when you have Igor Shesterkin in your net. Right. So, and, you know, you know, I think to some degree they've, they've kind of caught the Rangers by surprise and, and, and they've got Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I guess that's why Crosby was, you know, the best player in the league for a really long time. Um, but Still the smartest. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. I mean, so he was the best, right. And now he's not the best because he's, almost 35 years old and you know Connor McDavid, McDavid. and Austin Matthews and all these guys but he's still really really good I know I know and you had mentioned anything can change in this series so what do you think are a few positives that our team can really take away from game three and apply it to game four and for the rest of the series moving forward one thing that you know we talked about the young guys earlier I mean the mm-hmm. young guys got their first goal in game three, right? Which is yep. Kako. Kako, yeah. Uh, and not only did he get the goal, but he, he got the goal in a way like he sh- he, sh- he shot the puck off the rush, mm-hmm. which, you know, it, to me is is a sign that, okay, he's taking it seriously now. He's going to shoot the puck because he's been overpassing in the first few games, the uh-huh. first couple of games, right? I mean, you, you agree with, with me on that, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he's passed when he probably should have shot. I mean, he's a guy who can hold the puck. I mean, he's very strong on the puck and, and he creates a lot of stuff just because he's able to do that. But sometimes you want him to shoot the puck mm-hmm. and he holds it a little bit too long. So sure. the fact that he shot the puck off the rush last night to me is a good sign. Now, is that the only sign? No. Andrew Kopp has a goal in every game, right? Yeah. So um, so that's a guy who's playing well right now, and he plays with Panarin. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I, think it, uh, I think everything's in place. And then here's the other thing. You know Igor. Igor is not good. Igor is going to bounce back from this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just know it, right? I mean, he gets pulled after the first game. You know he didn't like that. But you know it's probably the best thing for him because he's seen so many shots in the first two games. Got to be gassed. And, and he wasn't wasn't really, you know, he got a little scrambly there. Uh, you know, he, was, he wasn't catching the puck cleanly. And he was, he was you know, fudging around and flailing around and, and giving right. up rebounds he doesn't give up. So I think it was a smart play to pull him, right? And, you know, he watches the last two periods and, you know, we all know what to expect that this guy is going to be really, really good uh, tomorrow night, Monday, you know, when they play in game four. And so if you have Igor playing at the level that you're used to seeing, then all things are possible. Yeah. And I, I think the kid line has really looked fantastic. Um, Johnny knows firsthand 
I've been a little critical of Hedl in the past throughout the mm-hmm. season, but I mean, I think he's playing some really good all around hockey and, and they just need to really keep chipping away and like more goals will follow for sure. And uh, so you did mention Igor and Johnny and I actually talked about this before <laughs> is that Chris Kreider quote that came out true uh, where he said, you know, chanting Igor's name may have been a mistake on their part. We'll see. I wouldn't, I didn't hear that. Like, it's entirely possible. It's true. I, you know, <laughs> okay. he, he didn't say that in the, in the, in the press conference last night. So I don't know where, if he may have said that. Yeah. Uh, the group chat. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah, no, I, I think he, you know, if he said that, I mean, I, I think he may be right. I mean, yeah. Fuel the fire. You know, it's crazy. Like, but again, this is what makes it fun. Right. I mean, yeah. like, you know, the fans were having fun, like literally he made his first save and they were going Igor, Igor, like, I'm like, it's, we're a minute into the game and the guy made a routine save. Where are you going with this? But, you know, I mean, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see because I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to have some fun with him again. You know, like now mm-hmm. he got, you know, he got pulled and and they cheered when, you know, and Georgiev was announced as, you know, now in goal for the Rangers. Um, so they'll have some fun with him. And I think he'll have some fun with them, too. Igor's mad. Yeah. The yeah, most annoying thing, though, is that Ranger fans can't even come back with something in Game Five because Deming is such a hard name to like chant. You can't even say Deming sucks; it doesn't so, flow well. Here's the Crosby interesting sucks. thing: Crosby you sucks. Know, exactly. I, I told you guys we, we went out last night after the game, um, mm-hmm. and we were in a, a local establishment, and I was talking to a Penguins fan, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was asking me, like, you know, who, like, if the Garden fans were, like you know, getting on people, you know, on the Penguins, the same way the Penguins fans were getting on Igor. And I said, no, I don't think so. Because I think Ranger fans are so focused on their team that they don't have time to be booing your players necessarily. Right. Like, you know, you boo Crosby, which I don't really understand, but, but I, I you know, I, I kind of understand, I guess people think he, he whines to the refs and he gets some mm-hmm. calls. And so they boo him. We've hated him forever. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, but I don't, I don't think Ranger fans typically spend a lot of energy like worrying about the other team like you kind of worry about your own team is what i think isn't that that's right what, that's what Knicks yeah. fans do <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, do, we do the trey young want, sucks because the Knicks the don't best win guy to come play for them next year right that's uh-huh. that's that's how the Knicks go I'm, I'm laughing while while you're telling me you guys went out. I just picture Vince like walking around every city you guys go to with like his notepad out with every restaurant in the entire city on. on guys, on, on, I mean, I'm, he's unstoppable. It's he's like unstoppable. The, he gets off the plane <laughs> and the first thing he's thinking, where am I going to have breakfast? It's crazy. Oh my gosh, he cracks me up. But um, but yeah. So I did want to ask with Lindgren being hurt. You know, Braun's really stepped in nicely these last two games. Um, but Nemeth, on the other hand, has really been struggling this series. Do you think it's possible we might see Zach Jones in game four if Lingren is a no-go? Uh, I, nah, I, don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that. But, but if Lingren's ready to go, yeah, Nemeth's I, think, gone. Nemeth's I out. think that, yeah. you know, yeah. I think Braun stays in right. and Nemeth comes out. Um, I, I don't know if, if, if you can, tr- you know, trust a Zach Jones or a Hayek or – I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I mean, maybe Zach Jones because he's played with Schneider down, mm-hmm. down on the farm a yeah. little bit. I don't think they were partners regularly, but I mean, sure. You know, sure. They played together. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I it's just, it's, it seems like an, a big stage to, to, to put in a guy 
you know, and every, I mean, every time I would look at Zach Jones too, I mean, I, you know, I, I love the way he plays, but he's so small, man. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I have my, uh, I have my reservations. So no, I, I don't know if I can go with you there, but I, I definitely think if, if Lindgren's ready to go or whenever Lindgren's ready to go, I, I, I would think it's, it's, it's Nemeth who comes out rather than. Right. And while we're talking about the defenseman, there's someone that I want to bring up that hasn't even been talked about yet, which to me is kind of nuts. But uh, in my mind, I think the best player in the series, he might not have the stats for it, but it's been Adam Fox. So many people ask me, like everyone just like kind of uh, assumes that the Rangers offense flows through Panarin, but I always make the argument that it starts with Fox. Like he's the first player to break out the puck and he's the last guy to keep it in the zone. And I think the Rangers forwards trust when he's out there, knowing that he's out there to keep the puck alive and they don't necessarily you know, get on their horse to get on the back check because they know Fox is there to, you know, keep the puck in and possess the puck. So for you, I mean, I said it to Cody, I'll admit it. He was the guy that I was most concerned about going to the series just because, you know, he's a hometown kid. He grew up a Ranger fan, his first playoff series as a Ranger. He's a Norris Trophy winner. All the attention is going to be on him. And they've been physical with him. They've killed him. Jason Zucker laid him out in game three, which for me, I'm a Jewish kid. It was a proud Jew on Jew crime, um, which was kind of (laughs) funny in the NHL. But, you know, for... Ranger fans, I guess, or just, you know, the people in general, like how much more can Adam step up his game? Because I feel like he still needs to go to that extra level for this team to go on a run. Well, I think he's been great. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's say that I, I agree with you. He's been, he's been, uh, he's been great. And, and I think he's been assertive, right? So that's the thing. That's the thing that I think maybe the second half of the season, he wasn't quite as assertive as he's being right now. And, mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, we all speculated as to whether, you know, he was injured or, you know, he was feeling a little sore from something that was bothering him or what, mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers, you know, I, th- I, did, I ran the numbers, he had 44 points in his first, I don't know, 41 games or whatever it was. And then he had uh, 29 in his last 34 games or something. Right. Like that. So he, he was more than a point per game and then less than a point per game in the second half after the injury. Uh, so we were all speculating that maybe that there was a, you know, some nagging little thing that was sort of holding him back a little bit, but you know, if, if there was, it seems to be gone or he's figured, he's figured out how to, uh, you know, to, to, to live with it because he's been great in the first three games of series. And you're right. They have been physical with him. I mean, and mm-hmm. that's the book, you know, that's, that's, you know, they're not the first teams to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody tries to do that. I mean, you know, and you, you try and you try and hit the guy that you think is, is, uh, you know, is, is the star if you can. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Is there another level for him though? I mean, I, it's hard to imagine that there is, right. It's just a matter <laughs> yeah. of, uh, you know, he's, he's making plays and creating chances and it's just a matter of, you know, finishing. Yeah. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, cops got three goals in this series, but Trano has two goals. Kreider has two goals. Mika though. Yeah. Mika's in scoreless. You need to get Mika on the scoreboard if you in, yeah. in, in he, the Rangers, right? Yeah, he needs to get involved. And it's funny because Adam Fox, I mean, his IQ is just like a 200. He's the definition of I'm playing chess while you're playing checkers. He's Crosby. Um, He's Crosby on the blue line. It's it's amazing. But one one other defenseman who I think has had a really good series and who really doesn't get talked enough talked about enough is Keandre Miller. Yeah. Um, that one-on-one takedown of Malkin oh. was probably my awesome. favorite play of the entire <laughs> series so far. Mm. It was uh it was awesome, but but I know we had just mentioned Mika, so I did you know want to find out: is there any other player you have in mind that really needs to get going for the rest of this series to help this team advance for the next uh, for the second round? 
Well, you know, I, you know, I think it is Mika. I mean, right. you know, and it's not that he's not to say that he's that he's not playing well because you know, look, most of the time he's up against Crosby. So a lot of the right. time he's he's focused on you know stopping Crosby rather than you know getting his own offense. You know, he's got to stop Crosby first before he can get his own offense. So we'll see. Uh-huh. And then you know, and and in game three, um, you know, he he had a couple of shots that Domingue, you know. I mean, one, I remember like, you know, of course the Ming catches with the other hand. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, normally, you know, when Mika's shooting that, that one timer from the left blocker circle, side, right, yeah. you know, he's, he's shooting blocker side. And and in this case, it's glove side, but, and I think there was one on the power play where I think the Ming just kind of threw his yeah. body over there. Like instead of reaching out and snagging him with the glove, he just, he just, I don't know, somehow he just threw his whole body over there and got it. That so, was like, that was like late in the third. That was like yeah. 10 minutes left. Yeah. So, so anyway, you know, the point being that, you know, I I think it'll come with Mika, right? Because I think Mika, Mika's got a consistent game. Like he's, he's there. I mean, he's not a high, he's not a hot and cold guy. He's a pretty consistent player normally. So if he's getting the chances, eventually, you know, one or two of them will go in. So I don't necessarily worry about him, but I, but, but, you know, it would be nice if you're the Rangers to have one of those go in in any day now, that'd be fine. Um, Obviously they're down to one in the series, you know, game four, uh, if you're going to win the series, that would be a good time to, uh, you know, for all these things to, uh, to, you know, start clicking. I want to piggyback on that note, actually. So if the Rangers lose in seven, let's say they get to seven and lose, or I guess if they lose in six, it's kind of a different story, but if they get to seven and lose, is the season still a success or is it a complete failure? Uh, I think if they lose in six, it's a failure, but if they get to seven and experience a game seven, there's something to take away from it. It's well, I don't think it, it'll be a complete, you know, complete failure is, is a big, big statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, probably exaggeration nice. on my part. Golden nice. <laughs> yeah, disappointment for sure. I mean, I, I think we all expected them to win at least a round, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just the way they've played this year and and they've met every challenge. So, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't think, you know, just because they're down two to one in the series doesn't still think mean, Rangers in six, you know, should know, be like up to one if goal interference. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked them to win in five, obviously. So that's that's by the boards. But I mean, there's no mm-hmm. reason to believe that they can't mm-hmm. win in six or seven. But yeah, you know, I, I don't. At the end of the day, if they don't win the series, you know, it'll it'll depend on how it goes. Like, you know, you know, can you blame losing Goudreau and and uh, and and uh, and Lindgren for however long you lose him as as the as the big reason? I, I don't know. I don't know if he can do that. Yeah, Not when the Penguins, you know, are playing without their number one goalie and their number two goalie, <laughs> and they don't have Dumoulin and they don't have right. Raquel and you know all this kind of stuff. So um, I don't know. I, I I don't know. It's 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 an interesting question. Like I hadn't really considered it. I just fully expect them to win the series. So, yeah, you know, I, I really I love that. the attitude. I love mm-hmm. the attitude. Um, I'm right there with you. And I don't mean to come off as a pessimist. <laughs> no, I know it's pessimist it's interesting. Like you know, like. You know, I'm. I actually am not rooting for them, right? I mean, I'm. I'm neutral and I'm just observing. So, mm-hmm. I really should consider that possibility as well. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't because it just, it just doesn't. You know, it doesn't make sense to me that they would lose. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. they've had a really, really good season, and every time that they were challenged, you know, they've they've lost two games in a row. They haven't lost three games in a row all season. Boom! They win the third. You know, they win that game. You know what I mean? Or I remember one time. There was uh, 
I forget where we were. We were on the road somewhere. And, oh, I think they must have lost to Colorado. And at that time, and we didn't bring it up. You know, Barclay Goudreau brought it up to us in the postgame. We got to beat a good team. So that was clearly something that they were talking about in, in the locker room. And, you know, because they had gotten, you know, they gotten beat by Colorado on the right. road. They gotten smoked by them at home. Mm-hmm. You know, Calgary had smoked them two times. And so, like, you know, he's like, yeah, we got to beat a good team. And, and, and then they come back and they beat Tampa Bay or whoever it was. Yeah, and Carolina, back-to-back so, back nights. Every challenge that they've been presented with, they've met. So I don't, I, you know, I don't see this as any different. Yeah, and you had mentioned Goodrow a few times, and obviously things aren't looking too promising for him, unfortunately. Uh, when do you think we could see Tyler Mott back? Is it possible this series if we, uh, you know, if we take it to six or seven? Uh, you know, that's according to Galat, you know, it is possible. Um, we asked him about Mott today, and uh, Mott is not on the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, on Friday, I think, when he spoke to reporters, he wasn't sure whether Mott would make the trip. He didn't. But he is skating. So, you know, if he's skating, I think his injury was an upper body injury. Right. Uh, and he's skating. Um, so, you know, he could. But, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that, you know, this is not getting back. A, this is a fourth line player, you know, and a penalty killer. He's an energy guy. He certainly will help. But I, I don't know that we're looking to him to kind of turn things around. But, you know, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, I think we need, we need to start with lingering and then go from there for sure. Yeah. yeah that would be, to me, that'd be, you know, get him back first and then that should make a big difference. Mm-hmm. I want to step away from the series just for one second. Cause this is a question that I was asked that I didn't really know how to answer, but I'm kind of leaning toward yes, as opposed to no, if Chris Kreider doesn't win a Stanley cup in his career, does his number get retired as a Ranger one day, just simply because of the year he's had and his tenure with the team? Yeah, I think so. I you think, think that's so. a lock? They, they, they like that. I mean, I, lock. I don't know about a lock. I mean, you, have, <laughs> you know, somebody. I, you know, one, I had an old sports editor, you know, way back when I was, you know, when I was new at this, who said you never called, you know, because we had a habit of writing such and such future Hall of Famer. And he says, you know, you, you never do that because mm-hmm. you know the the example he gave to me was everybody would have thought Pete Rose would be in the Hall of Fame. So, mm-hmm. you know, Pete Rose for whatever, you know, I mean, it's, he's not there because he didn't play well. He's, he's not there because, um, you know, because of other stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, stuff could happen. Kreider's uh, just turned 31. If he stays on this track, yeah, I, I would think it's, his number is going to go up. I mean, you know, he's going to be here for another few years and he probably play into his mid to late thirties leadership, all that kind of stuff. 52 goals this year. Yeah, I'd say it's going up. I mean, unless something happens that, you know, he leaves the organization on a, on a bad note mm-hmm. somehow, but I don't, I don't foresee that happening. So yeah, I, I would think that's a good question, but I, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's going up. I had the same thought. I was like, if he retired tomorrow, I still think it, it would go up. Tomorrow yeah. might be a little, yeah, let's not retire him tomorrow, okay? I exaggerate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so since we're off the uh, the topic of the series for a little bit, uh, if you could go back in time to witness any single moment in hockey history, what moment would you teleport to? Uh, hmm. Probably, you know, I I would like to see the Bobby Orr goal. Mm, okay, it goes airborne. That's probably yeah. the one. And I, you know, listen, memories of things. You know, the, the game's different. Athletes are better. You know, athletes are much more capable of doing things that, you know, guys weren't capable of doing back in the early 70s and stuff. But he changed the game so mm-hmm. much. And, uh, you know, it was the first defenseman to score 100 points. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that play is so iconic that, you know, 
to to go back and witnesses i think would you know witness that would be cool because i've seen you know i've seen a lot of stuff you know, I, I, I was covering the game when, you know, when Gretzky scored 92 goals or whatever it is, you know, I was covering a game when, when, you know, I, I watched Mario Lemieux, you know, he'd scored a point in 46 games and I was there the night when the streak ended actually, it ended against the Rangers. So oh, wow. you know, I've seen a lot of cool stuff. That's um, awesome. You know, I wasn't there the night when he scored five goals against who was it? The devils. And, you know, it was like a penalty shot, shorthanded. Yeah. Play. That's sick. That's that awesome. would have been cool. Um, that's awesome. But I kind of feel like I saw those guys. I saw, I saw a lot of Gretzky, like the second back half of his career. I saw almost all of Mario's career. I saw, you know, just about all of the army Yager's career. So I've seen a lot of that stuff. So if, if I'm going to go back and see something I haven't seen, that's, that's the moment I think. Love that. Love that. And I, I know we're, uh, we're getting a little close, John. So you want to do one more each? Yeah. Can we do one more question each? Is that cool? Of course. Great. I guess I got to give a shout out to my good friend, Molly Walker. And she did tell me to bring up some stories on the road. Is there anything that's podcast appropriate you can talk about? I feel like we don't get to know the media members. You, you guys provide us with knowing the players. I think people want to get to know you guys a little more. I, I will say this. I have said this to Molly on several occasions. I said it to her again today. She should stop with this journalism stuff and just go become a comedian because she <laughs> makes me laugh every day. I mean, she's really, you know, she's, you know, so here's the thing about Molly and I, um, we're like kind of from the same part of North Jersey. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think that's probably got a lot to do with how, why we're, we're as close as we are. Cause she, she grew up, she's, she lives probably 10 or 15 minutes away from where I live. Where are you Wait, from? Bergen, Bergen County. She's from Bergen yeah. County, right? Yeah. Wait, that's where that's where I'm from. Yeah. So, uh, so that's, so we get along great that way. And, and, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's really cool to watch her when she goes to these places for the first time, like how enthusiastic she is. You know, I've, I've been to Detroit, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but like, she gets a real kick out of going to these places for the first time. We went to, we went to Montreal the first time and they have like, uh, they have these, these, uh, like a little drawing of the Stanley cup on the, on the sidewalk on the, mm-hmm. around the building and stuff. And she thought it was the coolest thing. Oh, wow. They had this little, and she's like taking pictures of it. And I'm just looking at her <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Like, but no, but the, 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 the you know, <laughs> for the Instagram the best, photo dump, the best story, the best Molly story is this, and it's her story to tell, but I'm just going to put it out there. You know, next time you have her on, you should ask her about it. Mm-hmm. She's never late for anything. She's always early for everything. And one time she actually got to the airport, realized she forgot something at the hotel, had enough time to go back to the hotel, get the thing that she forgot, make it back to the airport and make the flight, which tells you just how early she was. Three hours. She's uh, she's insane that way. But uh, no, we have we have a good time. Me, me, Aaron, and Vince, we have a good time going around. And uh, um, you know, the old guy, the middle, you know, the middle guy who's a new father, and this young girl who you know really is just uh, you know really really enjoying it first time around. And it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun to kind of see. Yeah, she's yeah, awesome. Definitely sounds like a fun bunch. I guess my last question, you know, going back to the Rangers a little bit. The Rangers are clearly a very cat restricted team in the, yeah. in the next off season. Yeah. Um, you know, we have quite a few big decisions to make on guys like cop Strom, Vetrano. Uh, so what do you think our top six will look like next season? Yeah. So that's interesting. And that's one of the, that's one of the things too, that makes this 
this playoff to me, even that more crucial because, mm-hmm. you know, they had space this year to go get Vetrano and go get Cop and go get Mott and, and Braun. And I don't think they'll have that kind of space next year's deadline to go right. get those guys. Right. So it's quite possible that this team now is better than whatever next team next year's team is going to look like. If you, if you consider that they won't have all these guys, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that is interesting. I mean, you know, can they find a way to keep both cop and Strom? I, I, you know, it's hard for me to see them doing that. Yeah. And I have to tell you at this, at this particular moment, I'm not sure which one I would keep, you know, mm-hmm. because as much as I like Ryan Strom and as much as I think, you know, he's got this, this connection with Panarin, which I think is, is invaluable. Mm-hmm. I, I like cop too. I mean, he's bigger. Um, he's better at face-offs and he gives you a lot of the same stuff. So I, I you know, I don't know, I don't know which way, <clears throat> you know, Chris, Chris Drury is going to go. I don't know if there's a way that maybe he can, you know, somehow trade some salary off and then find a way to keep them both or get them both to take less. I don't know how creative he's going to be. I don't know. You know, certainly I wouldn't expect that cop Vetrano and Strom are going to be here. Mm-hmm. So you know, enjoy it now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, who do you think? I mean, if right. you, know, you guys, you guys it, watch it as much as I do. Like, yeah, you know, if you had to choose between cop and Strom right now, I mean, who, who do you sign? I think at this one? point, yeah, I think at this point, knowing cop will be close to a million cheaper. And I mean, watching them, like you can't say, you know, Strom's been performing better than cop has at this point in time based on what we've seen from cops. So as much as I like Strom too, I I think I'm leaning a little more towards cop, especially if it gives you a little wiggle room to try and figure something out with Vetrano. I think, you know, having cop and Vetrano on the team is, is a lot more important than just having Strom um, for the, for the future. But then another aspect is like, maybe it's possible something doesn't work out with cop or Strom and they sign Vetrano and then, and then look elsewhere with someone else. So yeah, it, and there's other guys out there, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be an interesting off season. Malkin. It's one of those things where we all know what's coming after the season, and so you know, yeah. let's just you know, if if you're the Rangers and if you're a Ranger fan, I think you want the season to go as as far as it can go. Mm-hmm. So, last thing I think, just to wrap it up, this is coming out at midnight, so Game Four is tonight. As people are listening, give us one goal scorer and your final score prediction for Game Four. Oh, one goal scorer. I'm gonna say. Mika's going to get on the board. Love that. Um, and I would say I'm looking at like a four one. Cause I think, okay. cause I think Igor mm-hmm. is going to be super motivated. He's going to be rested. And I think he's going to be great. He's going to shut him up. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I like it. You heard it here yeah. first. I, I, I'm sticking with my boy Truba. I think he's due. Oh yeah, well that, that's that's fine too. You know, I don't know. I no <laughs> and I'll say Hedo. Maybe all three of them will score. All right, all right. I like um, I like the Rangers win though. But uh, yeah, yeah, this was great, Colin. Thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me on. This was, I had a lot of fun. So you know, uh, hold on to my number, and you know we can do it again. We'll do. Have a safe trip back to the city. All right, man. Thanks very much. Have a good all night. Right. We really want to thank Colin Stevenson once again for joining the show. Such an awesome conversation with him. Uh, Cody, let's go into game four. I'll start with you. What are your predictions? What are your thoughts? 
my predictions are Igor is going to post a 60 safe shutout, eight, nothing Rangers. And no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Johnny, Johnny just didn't even flinch. Like nope. that was a, that was a dead serious. Prediction. Well, I was saying you were um, joking. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think Igor is going to have a really big bounce back game. I think he's pissed as hell that the fans were giving him some shit game one and, and, you know, they kind of got the better of him a little bit. Uh, I think he's going to have a really good game, really strong game, going to be focused. Uh, like I, I tweeted this last week, he's probably going to be in the locker room blasting lose yourself for real this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm going to have to go with, I want to say five, one Rangers. I think they're going to have a really dominant win, but I'm going to go four, one uh, copy Collins answer. Yeah, that's what right Colin there. just said. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I, I know I'm, I'm a copycat. Um, yeah. What, what's your thoughts? Well, do you also want to talk about your player to watch or player to focus on aside? From yeah. Miko? Yeah. I, I know we went into Mika a little bit. I think one player to watch for me though, has to be Lafreniere. I think he's actually had a really strong three games so far. Uh, he's, he's been very physical, which I, love to see from him and he, he's been hard on the forecheck which is is that confidence we've talked about for the longest time and i think he's finally getting there i just think he needs to trust his shot and shoot like they're get they're giving so many feeds like kako too so it, it's it's great that you know kako finally gave it to uh you know he gave it to him and he, sh- he shot it. it it was like great to see that because the first two games they were just feeding Heedle like every yeah. single time they could and, and Heedle's not really a finisher so mm-hmm. like you know, I, I would love to see Lafreniere um, and and even some more of Kako just get get that stuff and and get that shit in the net. Like, mm-hmm. just start ripping it away. And if they can do that, I mean, this this line is going to be dangerous for uh, for game four. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, I have my eye on them, and I'll say my prediction is actually going to be I don't want to say the S word, but I'm going to say two nothing. Um, I think it's going to be one of those games. Are you thinking about the S word? <laughs> don't say <laughs> it out loud. Uh, it's it's a hockey. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, superstition. Superstition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you never say the S word out loud. Um, so I think it's going to be 2 nothing Rangers, you know, similar to like, not not necessarily similar to the game in Carolina where they won 2 nothing, but like, I think the Penguins are going to, you know, pepper Igor a little bit. That scares me, dude. Yeah, they're going to pepper Igor again. But I think the key to this game is just getting out of the first period, either tied or the lead, because if they're down going to the second period again, it's just so hard to come from behind in playoff games. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I feel very good about this game. If they come out of the first 20 with the game tied or with like a one goal lead or like, obviously with a three goal lead or four goal lead, but, um, and, and the player I'm going to focus on, obviously like this isn't really an out of the ordinary one, but I'm going to say Adam Fox. Um, you know, I, I, like I, I just, dude, I have to, because I really thought they went after him last game and, and they tried to intimidate him a little more than I think they did in game one and game two. So I'm curious His last to- game. Sorry to interrupt you. Is, yeah. is is last game the the game where they got to him and he high six someone? Was that yeah. game three? Yeah, yeah, that was game three, right? He took, yeah, they, he, took, he took like two penalties. I think. Yeah, they they got to him a little bit for sure. He's taking more penalties, I think, in the series than he did all regular. Yeah, season. he's he's getting. I mean, listen, what do you expect? Like it's yeah. playoffs. It's it's that high intensity, you know, situation, and he hasn't dealt with it before uh, to this extent. So it's like. It, it definitely can get on your nerves. Yeah. I, there's nothing, like I said, there's nothing this kid can't do. Mm-hmm. He's really playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. So I think if he just sticks to his game, I mean, he's going to keep performing and and keep playing smart. To, to me, him and Panarin have been just unbelievable. I know Panarin had a rough first game, but like games two and three, in my opinion, I think he was the best player on the ice, both games. Like just every time he has the puck, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. No, I so. completely agree. Um, so, yeah, that's who I'm watching. 
Um, but that's really all I got for game four. Um, do you have any final thoughts? I love you, mom. It's mother's day. Yeah, we should. Uh, we hope everyone had a happy mother's day yesterday. Um, also love you, mom. I don't even know if my mom listens to this anymore, but, uh, <laughs> I do love you, mama. My mom um, can't name one hockey player, but, but she says we sound great. Yay. Yeah. Good for us. Go us. Yay. Us. Um, but also we do want to thank Colin once again, if you don't follow him or, you know, read his stuff, go check him out. He does a great job covering the Rangers for Newsday. Um, we'll hopefully get him back on in the near future, but we do have another episode coming after game five. Cody's going to be at game five. So yeah. we're going to record that after the game. Um, hopefully it's two to two going back to MSG and, uh, you know, we'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Rangers in six. Let's go Rangers in six. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.